This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record, North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. Good to be back here after a couple week uh, absence here, but uh, a lot of good sports to talk about. So we'll uh, we'll jump right into this one. We're going to do a four quarter format as we usually do. First quarter recap, week one of the football, week four, geez, of the football season, um, and also uh, talk a l- little bit about a couple of good accolades. For some uh, new Trier alumni, so we'll hit on that in all in the first quarter. In the second quarter, we uh, are joined by new Trier football coach Brian Dahl. In the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game, and then in the fourth quarter, we get you all ready for Week Five of the football season. Joe and I were just talking before we started recording this how insane it is that we're already at Week Five of the football season. We're almost in October, so um, got to keep rolling with it. And uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Just a quick reminder before we get subs- before we get started that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out. Give us a nice little review. Always appreciate uh, seeing some fans out in uh, and about. Always good to see the kind words. Always appreciate it. So make sure you subscribe so other people who are also interested in North Shore High School sports can also listen. So I'm going to bring Joe in here now and... Uh, um, a really interesting week four for our area teams, Joe, where you got um, Loyola, you know, controlling business in the CCL, ESCC Blue. You got New Trier hanging in one, with one of the better teams um, in the state. And then you got uh, Highland Park, who, um, you know, fell in a 64 to 34 loss um, a- after beating Rolling Meadows the week before. So kind of an interesting look at you know, you had the big win, you had the big loss, and then you have the in-between. But um, yeah. let's start with that uh, new Trier game, which I know we're recording this on Thursday the 21st. I know that game took place last Thursday um, for the holiday over the weekend. But um, new Trier, Joe, I know you got the chance to catch up with that game a little bit. But they hung with Barrington. They, you know, did kind of what we needed them to do and kind of a good response a week after, you know, you know, dropping that tough prospect match. But this felt like a game that maybe they needed to win, especially just given the given the tough non-conference schedule they've already had to start the season. I mean, I don't know if it need to win, but but after that loss to Prospect, um, yeah, it sure would have been nice just because they they had one in the hand, you know, and that would have been a nice non-conference two and two, even if they did lose, you know, to Barrington. But it certainly puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the way for every game, including the Barrington game. So. They hung with them, you know, give Nutria a lot of credit for kind of the guts they showed in that one down their starting quarterback with an ankle injury um, against the Barrington team that was undefeated, um, beat GBS, beat Prospect. They're just looking really strong. Um, and uh, they they gave they had them on the ropes. Uh, they, they played them really strong and they drove down to the um, inside the five, I think, in the last you know, seconds to try to tie the ball game. And they were right there and then they fell short, just short once again. So another tough one that ends up in the loss column and sure you can take away positives, but um, that only does so much when you have three losses already. So uh, it's difficult for them um, at this point. They, you know, they obviously got to go have a winning record the rest of the way um, just to make the qualify for the postseason. And uh, they got Maine South on tap, so definitely a pos- different position, difficult position to be in. But uh, they played a heck of a football game; they really did. Marty kind of hit on this at the beginning of the story um, from the game recap, but it, 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 we've talked about this a lot. This was not an easy thing for New Trier to do, you know, the four you know non conference opponents that they started the season with. But then you got a short week um, from last week, and then. They're also without their starting quarterback. What can you, what do you know? What do we know about that, Joe? And just, you know, what happened and um, what that kind of means for the future here? You know, I mean, Patrick Hennigan, who's um, a junior, but he also started as a sophomore. He, uh, his ankle rolled over at the end of the prospect game or toward the end of the game. Um, so I think he missed their, their last drive there, but he, uh, he was out this week, but it's not a, um, like a season ender. It's not a, the 
it shouldn't even be a multiple week thing. It should be the one week from what I hear and he should be back this week, but it's a sprained ankle. So it's, you know, for a guy who moves around a lot and uh, likes to put a lot into his throws, it's a, uh, it's, it's an issue. It's a challenge that they have to overcome. So going into that game, it was definitely uh, something they would have to overcome. And CJ Donnelly for, for what it's worth, stepped up to the task um, and, um, you know, got him, you know, kept him in the game. All right. Nutrier trails um, by eight points with three minutes to play to get all the way down to the Barrington 10 yard line. Um, a good Jackson McCary uh, run. Um, gave him five yards and that kind of stuff. Just, you know, what happened in that final sequence and what were, what was Barrington able to do so well to kind of, you know, make this a 22 to 14 game and not give Nutria any hope of even, you know, scoring and maybe going for it. Uh, they protected the goal line. I think Nutria tried three, you know, after getting to that five yard line, uh, three throws that Barrington just knocked away or covered well, um, you know, from, um, the video, I think you can see that they had a chance at, at one of them, especially on that fourth down, um, and it, it just bounded away. So, um, you know, it's tough in those situations. You know, you, you, you have to score. A lot of pressure on you on both sides of the football. Um, and you only got so many plays to go five yards, and, and um, Barrington was up to the task and figured it out. It's uh, uh, difficult to do. You know, uh, it's important to mention um, – that throughout that game and, and especially in that second half, the guy who got them there was Miles Kremiscolia. And maybe we're gonna ask about him, but uh he had just a hell of a ball game and uh, kind of proved that he is, you know, the premier receiver uh in the area, I think. What uh what do you you know, we're four games into that it this and I'll hit a little bit more on this in the in the fourth quarter when we're looking ahead a little bit, but Joe, you know. Before the season, we talked about this tough task. Now, Nutrients have one and three. What do you think of this team so far? What have you seen in the first four games? Are you impressed by the offense? Have they answered any of your questions so far? I mean, just what have you learned about this Nutrier team and, you know, what your thoughts are of what this team potentially can do heading into the second half of the season? I don't think our predictions and our talking points at the beginning of the season were that far off. Um, uh, maybe the biggest, I don't know if it's um, thing they maybe they've had, they've been too inconsistent, um, especially in the run game. I think um, they're fortunate that Jackson McCary has been able to rip off big runs here and there, but it's not like he or his countermates are gaining five, six, every carry They're They're in second and third and long, you know, kind of frequently, uh, but he's able to rip off big runs here and there. I think he's got five touchdowns through the four games. Uh, and they're, they're pretty, pretty long runs, most of them. So um, that's made up for it. Um, their defense has stood pretty tall. Uh, I've really kind of respected what they've been able to do against such a big opponent. You know, Hersey provides so many challenges, but um, for a lot of that game, they, they were pretty good. Definitely some mishaps. They seem to clean that up against Yorkville prospect until the end of the game against prospect and uh and they play well against Barrington so I think that defense has been a, a pleasant surprise and an upgrade from last year um you know at the beginning of the season we talked about how Nutria could be a very good team and not make the playoffs like that's just what this this show this uh schedule can do to you and they still have a chance of course they're they're one in three so um they got to win four of their next six games um, and that's certainly doable, but it's not easy. And, um, uh, you know, we'll see what they're able to do. They showed that they can, but if this team goes, loses to Maine South and misses on the playoffs, I still think they're a playoff caliber team. It's just the schedule, but they are a good team. I think they've proven it. And I think they've been in these games winnable in a lot of them. Um, and it's just, uh, they haven't come through in, in, at the end in two of them. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk more. We'll hear from you know Coach Dahl in the second quarter, and then we'll uh, hit on Nutria more in the fourth quarter. But yeah, it, it is really interesting just to see you know how if you have the schedule at least a little bit different, maybe one easier opponent, maybe you feel like a little bit better. But you know the schedule is what the schedule is, and you can't really play ifs and buts at this point. Um, you just gotta play who you uh, have. All right, let's go on over now to Loyola, who uh, is just off to such a great start. 
um, and uh, have really impressed me just based on what they've been able to, like, it doesn't seem like they've really had any transitional issues. It doesn't seem like the coaching change, a new quarterback, nothing has really stepped in this team's way so far. And I got a chance to see that um, when they beat Brother Rice 41 to 24. Um, a good CCLESCC blue matchup. The two teams are actually tied at 10 um, for much of the first half before uh, Donovan Robinson um, returned a couple of good punts that set up good scoring situations for Loyola. Um, they could took control of their game and um, won that game. But it was it was it really interesting to see for the first time for me at least um, just Ryan Fitzgerald and just him kind of you know moving the ball down the field. How confident he is in the pocket. How you know he he'll run the ball. How you know well how that again against Brother Rice where you just have a very confident quarterback at this point and that's kind of really impressive considering this is just his fourth start on the varsity roster very impressive um, and I actually just the way the schedule has worked have not been able to see them yet um, so it's been disappointing so you have more but you know it, fortunately social media and huddle we got uh, videos and everything and man yeah he looks uh, very impressive very gutsy um, you know, especially when he's scrambling, his throws look good that I've seen. Um, and, and, and the, the proof's in the pudding, right? They're 4-0, um, and he's um, played um, well in, in those victories, especially in the big victories against Marist and Brother Rice in the conference. So um, he, he deserves a lot of credit, but, of course, that defense, um, after giving up that first touchdown to Brother Rice on Saturday, I thought that was a big statement not allowing much else the rest of the way, you know, brother ice came in and uh, you know, I don't want to say punch it up, but you know, scored on your turf and then you locked it up. Then, then you responded. Uh, I think that was huge for them um, to do against a, a very a good opponent, but we were talking right before this. It's like, it seems like there's the elite teams and then there's a gap and there's still very good teams that are, um, contenders, but your Mount Carmel, Loyola, and you could possibly throw Lincoln Way East in there are a, a big step above. Um, I think, and we think that's clear. And that gap might shorten and might get tighter as we get to the postseason, but that's where it is right now. And it shows in the scoring. So, um, yeah, very impressed with Loyola and what they've been able to do. Um, both Ryan Fitzgerald figuring it out as offense, and that's kind of what we said as they go along, and it hasn't taken him long. And that defense we knew was going to be a uh, a beast. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing where you kind of look at these scores for both Loyola and Mount Carmel and Mount Carmel beats, you know, St. Rita, I think it was 38 to 7. And then you have, you know, Loyola beating Brother Rice with their score. And you're like, oh, well, St. Rita and Brother Rice must be down this year. It's just like, no, they're not down. They're like, you know, they're playing like the green or the white or, you know, mostly any team in the state. Brother Rice and St. Rita are probably beating those teams and they're at least making competitive games. I think that just shows how much of a different level Loyola and Mount Carmel are at this point. It's kind of crazy just to think about it, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about them in the fourth quarter, but I think just with everything we've seen, the offensive defense, you got St. Patrick this upcoming Saturday, um, really impressive stuff from Loyola. And that was cool to see over the weekend um, in a very dominant win over brother rice. All right. We also will finish off here. We got Highland park uh, losing a tough matchup against, uh Conan 63 to 34 or 64 to 34 um Joe just uh I felt like a matchup where you know Highland Park you know a week after you know holding on and beating Rolling Meadows just kind of wasn't able to keep up with Conan and what they were doing both offensively um and, and defensively as well yeah and that was it was all the second half really I mean you can the first half played out almost exactly like last week back and forth you know uh, Highland Park went down, then they answered, you know, to come back up right before halftime. Uh, and even though uh, Conan scored right before, before halftime, there was no reason to think Conan was going to run away with it. You kind of thought, all right, we're going to go back and forth here just like last week. Maybe whoever has the ball last is going to come out the victor. But uh, Conan really, you know, came out in the second half and, and punched him in the mouth. They really figured what whatever they figured out, the game just got away from Highland Park and it kept getting away. Um, they couldn't stop the run. Like I wrote that story, Conan touched the ball or scored every time they touched the ball. And unfortunately that included a kickoff return and a um, interception return. So uh, 
that takes the ball out of your hands for, for Highland Park. And that was uh, pretty tough uh, for them. They couldn't respond. They had some injuries, some guys that went out that would be contributors on the defensive end. And that's where they struggled the most. I mean, they gave up 64 points, but also uh, over 300 yards total rushing. And uh, I think 280 to the same guy. Uh, that's it's not going to win you any football games. And they need to rebound here for the, for the conference season. Yeah, Joe, I was going to ask you, where are you on this defense? You know, they had the shutout against late in the start of the season, but then they gave up 21 points to Deerfield, uh, 35 points in a win against Rolling Meadows, and then 64 points against Conan. Wh- where are you in, on this defense and its ability to, you know, make key plays and get key stops when this, you know, when this team needs them to? Uh, I think they have work to do. They they just do. And I do think they have the athletes to get the job done. Um you know, guys that play both ways, guys that have proven it in the past. Um, but, um, you know, you have issues with tackling. You have issues with um, getting to the spot or beating the opponent to the spot. And some of that is uh, just not either not being ready to play or, or not uh, putting it all out there. Because, you know, having back-to-back, you know, the Deerfield um, running back um, ran for two-something. The Kona running back ran for 300. Uh, you can't let that happen. Um, you got to stop the ball. You got to get off the field. Um, you know, c- certain amount of rushing gains maybe are inevitable for good rushers, but you can't just let them do whatever they want. And that's what's happened a couple times. So uh, that defense needs to improve if they want to be a playoff team um, and compete for the Comets crown, which starts right now with a main West matchup. All right. We'll hit more on Highland Park uh, in the fourth quarter as well as we kind of look forward to the second half of the season. But uh, a couple headlines we want to talk about before moving on to the second quarter. Um, Jack Skinner, a Nutrier alumnus, um, earned the U.S. Rowing Athlete of the Year honor. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with him um, for a little quick story. Just, you know, how big was the honor for him and how impressive was it for him to just, to you know, be able to do that and earn that at such a young age? Yeah, he said, you know, this is the award for U19. And he said, since he's been rowing for U.S. Rowing, which I think has been two years, that award has kind of, he's had his eye on that award. It's been something that um, he's he strives for. And so he picked it up um, after this year. Just, um, he's an impressive rower. He, he's at Cal Berkeley now, one of that really core group that led um, New Trier's varsity rowing last year to such a successful and record-breaking season. And um, he, he was uh, really honored to get it. And, um, yeah, he hopes it's just the start of something. Yeah, it's really cool. And obviously, we'll hopefully we'll hear more from him uh, moving forward as he continues to advance in his career. But um, also a really cool story that Mike Clark put together for the record North Shore. Uh, Trey Walker um, is now, uh, you know, no longer a walk-on, um, earns a IU football scholarship at Indiana. But uh, the really cool part about the story is, you know, just how, you know, he got into football and how, you know, once he was done with hockey after high school um, in 2019, um, he moved on to football despite never playing football before. That's so cool. Um, at a big, We're talking at a Big Ten school, too. So, um, right. Trey Walker was a, a hockey player, um, had the build that could play football. He just never did. I think he's 6'4", too two and change. And then uh, he goes to IU and decides he, he probably he still wants to throw that weight around a little bit, be physical, be competitive and uh, walks onto the football team. And, you know, a few years later, he's a scholarship athlete at uh, big 10 university, Indiana university. So kudos to him. Pretty cool. Read that story by Mike Clark. They, they announced it by playing a happy Gilmore video. <laughs> if you remember that movie, happy was a, hockey player turned golfer. So they played on that theme a little bit, but pretty cool for Trey Walker. Now a scholarship athlete Hoosier. Yeah. Very cool story. He's an all academic, all American or all big 10 selection um, with his bachelor's degree. And now he's an all, you know, earned a scholarship to play on IU's football team. So very cool. And uh, congrats to him and make sure you check out both stories as uh, on the record, northshore.org. All right, let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Nutrient football coach Brian Dahl. Joe, I know uh, we got a chance to catch up with him after the game. What are the folks at home going to hear? Well, uh, kind of um, some bittersweet thoughts from the coach. I shouldn't say bittersweet. Like, uh, you know, that he's proud of the effort, uh, but uh, obviously they take another loss, but it was a good response for them. So I think 
you're going to hear a bit of both. All right, let's have a listen. Overall thoughts tonight, and that coach, another one that comes down to the yeah. last play. Um, I mean, I'm in a much more positive mindset today of the way our kids played. Thought we played very physical. We did not shut down at the end of the game in a close game. We actually were the aggressors. Um, so big change from last week to this week, and just mindset, and then just being mentally tough down the stretch, uh, both offensively and defensively. You know, and a, a credit to a lot of people. Obviously, people are gonna think a lot about all the great catches Miles made at the end of the game to kind of get us in position. Uh, but I got to give credit to CJ throwing some great balls and the line giving them time. Um, and you know, in our defense, I'll be honest with you, our defense throughout the entire night again did a really nice, solid job. You take a couple big plays away in the first half by the quarterback, uh, and they didn't have much offense. So uh, I, was, I was impressed with the way our defense stepped up tonight. And physically tackling, um, you know, really was punishing tonight as a group. Um, you know, they had a lot of guys at the end of the game that were struggling to stay on the field. So we were, we were being physical. So that was good. Two things I want to yeah. follow up there from Coach. First off, CJ, talk about his performance tonight. Yeah. Stepping in, obviously, not much of a tougher situation than yeah. a short week yeah. coming here and playing against this team. Sure. Just the job he did tonight. Yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of him. Um, he obviously prepped extremely hard, not only this week, but, you know, throughout August up until now. And, um, you know, showed showed some great great signs of the way he played tonight, throwing the ball, running the ball, making good decisions. Um, you know, you're always going to have in the first game some nervousness and yeah. some potential errors, but he didn't do anything that put us in a position that, you know, killed us. And, and a credit to him and the coaches and Joe Kyoto kind of preparing him this week. Really, really was impressed with him and just, you know, he had some moxie tonight at the end of the game. I mean, he was having fun, and that's what you want to see kids do. Yeah, and then the defense, of course, tonight, yeah. Coach, as you mentioned. Another night where it, feel, where it felt like um, much different than the first week. You guys yeah. got the stop when you yeah. needed the stop, yeah. got off the field a lot of times on yeah, third down. Times, yep. um, obviously, that is not an easy offense to stop, nope. and there's a lot of size on that line. Yep. Um, but overall, just speak to you. How, how strong a defense plays. Yeah, I mean, credit to uh, some big plays. You know, Berg actually in the second half, Colton, um, who, you know, isn't a name that we've been talking about a lot, had a big, big night today on, on tackles for loss and some key moments on third down where he came in and, and tackled guys in the backfield. So, you know, he's one that kind of stood out for me. And then just in general, uh, to be able to, to really limit number 12, uh, I don't know what his total yards were, but I know from the first three weeks it's significantly less. And we were focused on him. He's the best running back we've seen up to this point, but we wanted to make sure that we, we had a lot of focus on him and made sure that we shut him down, and I, I thought we did a good job on him. I know last week obviously felt like a missed opportunity. Yep. Coach, do you kind of have that same feeling tonight coming down yeah, to the last play? I mean, it feels a little different. Um, I, you know, Last week I thought we gave the game away. This week I thought we battled against a team that – Snatched it back. Yeah, we kind of kind of got like some momentum back late and made some plays to give ourselves a chance to win the game. So they feel totally different. They're both losses, but they feel different. Like you gain some momentum in this loss in the sense that like your kids feel positive about it. I think last week you feel really down, yeah. like you lost the opportunity. So, um, you know, I told the kids at the end of the game this is going to be a little different. Um, you know, we're obviously we're in the same spot we were last year, one and three going into this situation. Um, this year's schedule is significantly harder than last year's. So I know we're as battle-tested as we can be going up against, you know, our conference rivalry in Maine South and, you know, the defending champions for a lot of years. Yeah. So we're, um, we're re- going to be ready for that. We do get the extra day this week, so we're excited about that. Uh, heal up, you know, prepare for them and, you know, in general, I'm I'm excited for the challenge next week. We get to go home and play them at home, and um, I think our kids will be feeling different than they did last Saturday morning uh, tomorrow when they go to school. For sure, for sure. And you obviously know what the the path ahead and what the path to the playoffs looks like from yep. here. So yep. is next week sort of a, a do or die mindset? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta um, you gotta put yourself in a position to be a conference champion. Um, you don't want to limp into the playoffs um, ever. But I just think that right now our um, we have gotten better, as funny as it sounds, from week one to week four significantly. It is about improvement. Uh, probably the biggest strides we've taken is our tackling has significantly improved from week one against Hersey. I mean, we tackled really well tonight. I mean, there were a lot of great tackles tonight. And then, you know, offensively, the fourth quarter, like, we really got Miles going, and McCary had a couple big runs. I think the draw at the end was a great play by him, and, he, you know, he still has those moments where he can – you know, break out and bust out. I mean, this is a tough defense to break one on. Yeah. But, you know, he hit one yeah. late, and that kept us, you know, right there and gave us a chance. 
And I mean, let's be honest, when we almost had an onside kick, it was like the perfect onside <laughs> kick. I like couldn't believe yeah. how great of a kick it was. And I'm like, Miles jumps in the air. I'm like, this is exactly how you draw it up. It was you almost a those. total role reversal yeah. from last week. Yeah. Like almost yeah. the exact same scenario totally. just flipped. Totally. Um, but that, that jump that you mentioned, Coach, from week one to this week, yeah. it's almost a night and day kind of comparison. 100%. Obviously, Hershey's a, a different animal, but comparable yep. team tonight yep, uh, in a comparable situation. For sure. So just talk how you've seen. Um, yeah. The guys grow in these these three weeks. I, I think you know it's it's you know it's been a roller coaster. Let's be honest. You know, obviously coming off of Yorkville, we felt pretty good, and then I think last week we felt great until the last three minutes. So there's been a lot of emotional change. Like tonight we lose, but I know the guys are feeling like okay, well we can play with these teams again. Um, and so I'm I'm confident in them, and I think the growth. You know, at this point in time, like you know, you always wonder why it can't happen over the summer more or early <laughs> in the season. Yeah. Um, but you know, like for our kids. Uh, I, th- I think a lot of the teaching comes along with understanding and learning football. They're starting to get, get some things down. Thank you so much for joining us, Coach, and thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. Joe and I argue or agree upon five propositions that I put out there and say whether they can happen way or not happen no way. All right, Joe, let's start things off. We're mostly going to focus on um, the other fall sports here since we're focused uh, on football mostly throughout the podcast. Uh, Joe, way or no way you're concerned with Nutrier Boys Soccer's loss to GBN and tie to Maine South? No, not concerned. Um, I do think this is kind of a team that's still putting it together since they lost so much last year, have new guys they're trying to integrate uh, they're obviously got the talent on the field, but I think in moments um, they might have ties to a main South who, who they're, who they're probably more um, uh, superior than, I mean, that might happen, but Glenbrook's North is no joke. They went into that game undefeated. Um, so a two, one loss, I believe it was two, one um, isn't a, a huge shocker. So I'm not concerned. I think um, this team just needs to gear up and put it together for a playoff run. And I think they certainly um, are a sectional uh, contender, if not favorite. Um, I, th- I feel like this speaks to more how good the CSL South is as opposed to Nutrier being bad, uh, I guess is the better way of saying it. Um, you know, they lost to GBN 2-1 to one and they tied with Maine South 1-1. Um, in their non-con, they tied with Tyndale Central 2-2. Two to two. They beat Libertyville 4 to nothing. They beat Loyola 3-1. to one. They beat Grays Lake Central 4-1 to one. and um, Conan 2-1. to one. So, this new cheer team is good. It's just maybe that the CSL South is also very good. So um, I'm not really concerned about it. Obviously, it's going to be a tough division. They remounted with the win against uh, um, Deerfield, and then they play uh, Evanston tonight. Evanston obviously undefeated on this season as well. Again, another team who's really good in this in this division. Um, and- Lemberg South is on, and so I'm not really concerned. I just maybe this helps them, you know build toward a deeper playoff run and maybe they don't win a division title this year, but they can maybe win a regional and sectional based on the experiences they have this year. All right, Joe, way or no way that you like what you've seen so far from the new cheer girls volleyball team. Yeah, I've liked it a lot. Um, I think that's, it's very, they're a very good team. Um, they've had a couple stumbles, but volleyball season is a lot of games. Um, it's a lot of games, a lot of tough opponents, a lot of, uh, you play in um, tight windows, you know, a couple in a day, a couple in a couple days. Um, so stumbles happen. Um, very rare that a team's, you know, 30 and two or something. So I think this is a very good team. I think this is a state contender. The issue now is uh, one of their stars, one of their star outside hitters, Emma McDonald, is injured again. And I'm not sure if she's out for the season or what, uh, but that's going to hurt them going down the road. Um, so, um, We'll see uh, how they respond, but they do have the talent to fill that hole. Um, we'll just see if they gel together. But I, I'm not. Um, I'm pretty happy with what they are, and I think they're um, they're a very good team. They're they're a contender for a super sectional title. Yeah, I'm definitely impressed with what they've done. Their three losses this year. One has been from an out uh, from a Wisconsin team, and that was two to one. Um, and their other losses were the Lions two to one and. Loyola to nothing after playing Loyola the previous Saturday, like four or five days earlier. So um, I'm sure familiarity played a role in there as well. So um, yeah, I'm really impressed with what I've seen so far. And I think I agree with you. 
Um, I think that this team has the talent to really make a deeper run. So it should be a lot of fun to see what the Trevians are able to do um, moving forward. Uh, sticking with girls volleyball, Joe, way or no way, you're having a hard time putting a finger on who this Loyola girls volleyball team is. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they take Nutria out in straight sets. Um, and then they lose, you know, a couple at a tournament here or there. Uh, and I know tournaments are tough, like I said, because of the how, how many matches you have to play. But um, they're, I don't know, uh, a handful of games over 500. or But they, I should say they have probably eight or nine losses. Um, which is significant, uh, but they've got some nice wins. So, yes, I, I way I'm kind of a little confused. A big thing for them is Grace Cruz is out for the year. That's their star um, with, with a knee injury. She hurt it in the offseason, so she'll be back for her senior year. But that was someone who they were counting on. So I think they're still um, – I think they got their starting lineup figured out, but I think they're still jelly and figuring out um, exactly th- their best selves. Uh, and hopefully they figure out for the postseason. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think it's uh, I, I this team is like a high and low, and it kind of reminded me of the um, Loyola boys basketball team last winter, where um, you know you can they can beat anybody it feels like, but they can also lose to anybody it feels like, and it's hard to kind of get a, a good radar of you know how good or bad is this team and. Um, I, I think that kind of makes it hard for you as a coach, especially when you're like, well, you know, we can compete with anybody, but like we got to stay up and like compete with other teams as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a definitely a way. It's pretty hard to figure out what's going on. Um, obviously, the Crutes injury is not good, but um, hopefully they're able to kind of rebound here. They beat Maine South last night on Wednesday, two to one. Uh, they get Marist on Monday, Fenwick, St. Ignatius. So they're heading into the GCAC um, round pretty well. They have a big uh, match against Mother McCauley um, in early October. So um, it'll be really interesting to see what that team is able to do and whether they're able to find maybe more firm footing uh, moving forward. All right, Joe, Nutria Boys Golf had a good weekend this or a good week this week, uh, winning uh, the CSL South. Way or no way you think that this Trevians Boys Golf team can compete for a state title. Wait. Yep. Uh they're they're gonna try to uh repeat. Um they're you know they lost some guys but they got the returning state champ and Johnny um Crimian and Noah Zhang and uh now I'm gonna forget all their names but they've got a lot of guys I think they had four guys placed in the top ten at conference uh maybe five they're just they're deep they're stacked it's a, it's a very stacked team um, and I think they're, uh, yeah, they're one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Yeah, I think I'd definitely go with the way there as well. I think, you know, just what they returned from last year's team, talent that they have, and obviously their performance that did so well this year or this week. Um, I, I think that's a definite way. I think they've obviously have shown that they're able to, you know, win those types of games and win those types of tournaments. And I can see them kind of advancing that as we get into the postseason now, uh, moving forward. All right, Joe, way or no way you think either Nutrier or Loyola or and uh, girls golf teams uh, can make a push toward the state finals weekend? I think they can. I think um, Nutrier's, you know, a state qualifier, you know, they're that type of team. Um, and they get the right weekend and they get the a couple of the right performances. And sure, I think they can cruise up the leaderboard. Not going to be easy. Glenbrook North is back. Um, they won conference. And I, I I can't remember if they won state, but they were the favorite going in. Um, so um, I, I think Nutria is definitely up there. Loyola is uh, another talented team. They're bringing a lot to the table, too. So I think they both got a shot. Pardon the pun. No, I like the pun. The pun's good. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I think I'll go away as well. I think, uh, you know, both teams have tough sectionals, I think, and that's obviously they're competing the same sectional. So I think that'll be tough, but, um, I, I do think that both teams are going to be able to do something. Um, once the postseason starts, get some girls, uh, moving on the state. So yeah, I'll go with way. I think one of them could possibly do it. All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview week five and kind of the second half of the season. Before we look at the matchups for each team um, at in week five, um, I wanted to take an inventory of, you know, where each team is at this point 
um, and where you think this team is going. And let's start off with Nutrier. Uh, Joe, obviously, Nutrier is one and three. Um, really tough non-con. You know the spiel by now, I'm sure. But where does this team go on moving forward? Obviously, they got a tough Maine South test this week. Um, they've got Evanston, Glenbrook, North Glenbrook, South, and Deerfield. Um, at this point, you can only really afford one more loss out of this stretch. Um, I know here at Friday Night Drive, Steve Susi said that maybe a four-win team might be able to squeak into the playoffs if there aren't enough playoff eligible teams. So maybe you have that. And knowing based on Nutri's schedule, or you think that Nutri would be at the top of the list of making the playoffs if they won four games. But you know what? What have you seen so far from this Nutri team at one and three? And what do you expect to see from them as we head into the second season now or second half of the season? I mean, I expect you're going to see some blowouts from the trigger. I really think that. I mean, I think what they're going to take care of business against teams like, um, um, I was going to say Nelswest, but they're not like Deerfield, I think GDN, uh, I think Evanston. I think those are three going to be three wins where you're like, wow, you trigger. Look at that. Um, GBS and Maine South are going to be big, they're big games. Uh, and I think, those are two powerful teams in the conference that can go either way. Uh, Maine, I, I think Maine South has the advantage in that matchup and Nutria has the advantage against GBS, but again, good matchups. So um, that's what I expect. I, I'm not surprised at the one and three record in a vacuum. I was super, well, I should say I'm not as surprised one and three record in the vacuum. Looking into that, that loss to, to um, Conan was, man, it, it's still so surprising. Like it, it didn't, it was, it was wild. Um, everything went wrong. And of course, a lot of stepping on their own toes. It wasn't like, it wasn't their fault. A lot went wrong for Nutria and all in a row, all at once. So um, they should be sitting here at two and um, two, but they're not. And so let's see if they can pick that up with a surprise win against Maine South. I would be surprised, but I'm not putting it out of the question. So Again, I think this team is good and just uh, uh, they didn't capitalize on, on two big opportunities for them. All right, Joe, I'm going to put you on the spot. Wait, not wait or no way, but maybe we can do that. But are, does Nutri get that fifth win and make the playoffs? I do. I think yes. I think they uh, – if I were to guess, uh, well, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I'll just say yes. All right, moving on to Highland Park now. Highland Park is at two and two so far this season. Uh, they got a tough test against Maine West four and zero. We'll obviously talk about that later in the quarter here. But where does this team go now, Joe? You got Niles North, you got Niles West, you got Maine East, you got Vernon Hills on the schedule as well. Does this team get to five wins and finally get over that hump and make the playoffs? I think they do, um, it, but it could come down to that last week against Vernon Hills, a team that beat them last year. Um, and it really could, they could sit, be sitting there at four and four. Um, the big wild card in that schedule is Niles West coming over from um, the opposite division to see what they bring to the table. I think they're, they're a good team. They played some tough competition early in the season. So can they surprise some teams in this North division? I think so. Um, so um, the other ones, Maine West, I think they're a firm seven and two, six and three type football team that's in the postseason, and going to be a very tough one for for Highland Park this Friday. But um, uh, other than that, I, I think they they've got some victories on the table. They just need to step up. They really need to step up in these moments. All right, Joe and Loyola, I, they're going to make the playoffs, obviously. But I, 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 unless you know some crazy injuries, and obviously don't want anything like that to happen, but. What does this team go undefeated? Obviously, that means a huge matchup against Maine, against Mount Carmel, like we had in Week Nine again. But I guess my my question is: Does this team have any speed bumps before the Mount Carmel game? And does this team end up getting the number one seed in Class A? Eh? Well, who do they have? They have St. Patrick, IAC um, Catholic. Um... Uh, let me get it for you, Mount Carmel. And I think uh, Viator is on the schedule for them. Bennett. Bennett. So it goes. Uh, so it goes. St. Patrick's this weekend. St. Rita, I see Catholic Bennett, and then Mount Carmel. Okay, so St. Rita's um, a very good team. That in, I guess in the right circumstance, you got to give very good teams a shot. 
Um, so that might be their toughest one. But other than that, I mean, they're just going to be bigger than IC Catholic, um, a very good team. Um, I, so, yes, I guess a speed bump for sure. Uh, maybe give St. Rita a little more credit than that. I don't know what's a speed platform. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do think they're going to go into that last week undefeated. And I think they take it. I think we'll just do kind of a switch uh, from last year, a little back and forth, fun football, great football. Um, and maybe uh, Loyola comes out on top of this one. And uh, if that happens, they'll be the one seed. If they lose, what, it'll like, drop down to like the eight seed because that's how it works. Yeah. I, I, let's not get into the playoffs. <laughs> here. Uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, if they, yeah, it will be, uh, they'll lose that game and then they'll somehow be a 16 seed and uh Somehow the second best team or whatever you is uh whatever, but all right. Let's go on over now to week five. Um, we got Loyola hosting St. Patrick homecoming weekend for the Ramblers. Um, having seen St. Patrick at the beginning of the season, I just think that Loyola is at a different level um than most of the teams in this con mega conference at this point. And I just think Loyola is going to um have to continue to get things going. Maybe they can get their depth going in the second half and get some guys some good reps. Um, so they're ready if, you know, God forbid any injuries happen, um, and the, you know, moving on to the second half here, but I think, uh, uh, this Loyola team should really have a hard time with the Shamrocks. Yeah, me neither. Um, should be, um, a good day to be a rambler down at Horseford Field. So, um, I think you can expect them to pick up that, that fifth win, look pretty good, maybe get some, uh, get those reserves in and then show off that depth. What do you most, you know, I know they're undefeated. I know they've looked dominant. What is one thing that you still maybe have a little question about or something that you're kind of curious about this Loyola team um, moving forward? Is it just whether, you know, Ryan Fitzgerald can continue with the play that he's been doing? Is it, you know, this defense, like what, do you have anything about this Loyola team right now that you're like, kind of like, well, if they have to play like Mount Carmel in week nine, or like they have Lincoln Way East in the playoffs, like I'm concerned about this. I think probably just, you know, staying, getting first down after first down. And um, with, you know, can you use the run game to your advantage to drip clock when you have to? Drew McPherson's had a heck of a season, but a lot of that's been split through the air. He's done it both. So right. when you have to get three yards, I know Ryan can run too. Uh, those three tough yards that a Drew McPherson time, can you do that on a consistent basis where you're not breaking off 10-yard chunks because the opponent's, um, that good. So you're breaking out three and four. Can you do that and just keep stay on the field and move the chains? I guess that's the one thing, but hard to argue with this 4-0 start and what they've done to people. Right. All right, Joe, uh, Highland Park hosts Maine West this upcoming weekend. Uh, Highland Park 2-2, two and two, Maine West 4-0. Uh, and oh. Just what do you expect out of this matchup and what are you kind of looking to see out of, May out of uh, Highland Park after, you know, giving up so many points and, like, having a tough second half against uh, Conant? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, um, this is just a tough one after that Conant game. Um, you know, Maine West is uh, at a really nice place for their program. Um, they, they've developed a lot. I believe they won the conference last year, or, or maybe Deerfield. I thought they won it. Either way, they were right there. Um, so, it's a tough one going from those injuries after giving up 60 points, a physical team, uh, it's going to be a difficult game for, for them. But I, I, you know, I'd like to see that defense step up a little bit, hold, hold Maine West uh, as much as you can. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. The offense can score. Uh, Maine, Maine West is a very good defense, so it's a better one than they've seen in the past couple of weeks, but I'm still confident that we'll see a couple touchdowns out of Highland Park. It says, can, can we compete? This one? Does Maine West, you know, 4-0 record kind of have you confused where, you know, they beat Marmion 14-13, then they beat Waukegan 49 and nothing, Schaumburg 12-6, and then Elk Grove 28-10. Um, obviously, 4-0 is 4-0, and you got to win those matchups. But is the undefeated record maybe, you know, amplifying maybe who exactly they are right now? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, for for an outsider, they're not 4-0 like Loyola's 4-0. Uh, right. Clearly, there's a difference in that and, and maybe like Hersey or, or whatever. Um, 
we have a difference there. But the, these are teams that are kind of in that Maine West Highland Park size and um, scope of, of who they would play and compete with. So, uh, you know, you look at these opponents, I, I don't I don't know if Highland Park would have beat Schaumburg or Elk Grove. I think those would have been good games. Um, so, or, or Marmion, I don't know. Um, they would have been closer games, but um, I think Maine West is a seven win team with this, with this uh, schedule. All right, Joe, uh, Nutrier hosts Maine South. Um, usually these two teams play at the end of the regular season, but they're actually going to start conference play together this year. Um, seven o'clock on uh, Friday. I don't, I don't want to call this a must win game, but does it kind of feel like a must win game at this point where you're not really giving yourself leeway after this game, but obviously you're playing Maine South. So, I mean, just how do you define what this matchup is right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that too, because sitting in this chair, uh, I wouldn't say it is just because of math. Right. But I wonder yeah. if that's how coaches are, uh, preaching it like you know obviously we don't want to have to go you know there's no margin for error if we lose this game we we would have to go into a must-win mode every single week and who knows what happens with injuries uh, you know we, we catch a team on their best day who knows um so yeah I, I think they might be treating it like that i know it's at home you're playing main south uh they're kind of the scourge of your you know they ended your season last year after a nice run They've ended it how many times over the past few years? Uh, you you wanna you wanna take that victory and, and go into the rest of your conference state. Yeah, and, and if you win this game to start your conference schedule, you're in the driver's seat for the conference, right? So uh, it's a big one, um, and I, I I can tell you, they're talking about winning this football game. They're not talking about being competitive. They're not talking about that. Uh, they they believe they can win this, and I believe there's a shot too. So. Um, yeah, I think I think they might be, Mike. Maine South lost to Brother Rice ten to seven to start the season. Then they defeated uh, Warren twenty eight to seven, beat Palatine twenty eight twenty one, and then beat Friend twenty four to seven. And what is this Maine South team, Joe? Just compared to what they've been able to do recently, I know obviously they lost their quarterback against Brother Rice to start the season, but um, does is this Maine South team kind of what we've expected over the past few years? Great defense, good running attack, and a good quarterback who's able to make key plays. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, like other elite programs in the in the state, Maine South certainly in there pretty firmly. Just, you know, look at their resume. Um, it's next man up. They've built a, a culture and a pedigree, and it's expected to win, and that just kind of success breeds success. So next man up, and they're playing well. They lose a quarterback. They got one who's making big plays. Um, that's how it goes. So – Maybe they're less dynamic than they've been in the past. You know, a lot of times we'll see um, 35, 40-point outputs for Maine South on the regular. We haven't had one of those yet, um, not even against um, Warren, who they beat by three scores. So um, maybe they're not as dynamic, but, yes, they are still a very good team, and uh, they're they're ranked in the top ten. And um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I think – I think Nutria is a good team, too, like I said. All right, let's get some predictions out of you, Joe. Loyola St. Patrick on Saturday at Horster Field, 130. Uh, what happens between these two CCL ESCC teams? It's a tough one, but one thing I've always expected about Loyola is when they might have um, – might be out pacing a team in terms of maybe size and, and skill in any particular year, they're able to – you know, put it in the 30s and kind of keep it there. So I think I'd probably say we got a 42 to nothing game here. Yeah, I'll probably go 38 to 7. I think uh, um, Loyola will put up the points again, probably score most of it in the first three quarters, maybe in the first two and a half and bring in the reserves. And the reserves from what I saw last week were also able to score. So um, they've got a lot of talent there as well. But I think uh, Loyola holds on to that one pretty easily. All right, Joe, Highland Park and Maine West, what happens there? Oh boy. Yeah. I, I gotta, you know, give it to Maine West on this one. I do like what, uh, what they're got this year. I think uh, Highland Park will respond in a certain way. I just, I just don't think they have enough for a Maine West team. So uh, I'll give it to Maine West um, 21-14. Yeah. I think Maine West controls this one uh, fairly easily. And I think they're going to win uh, 24 to 10. Um, Highland Park gets a late touchdown there, but I don't think they're able to really keep up 
um, especially against a pretty strong Maine West defense. All right, New Trier against Maine South. Joe, what happens in this uh, bitter rivalry? Oh, well, you know I got to go with the upset here. Um, <laughs> I think New Trier could pull it off, so, you know, why not give it to them on their home field? Um, maybe it's a long Nicky field goal. Um, he's he's been he's been hot this year, um, and uh, I think I do think it'll be a really good football game. I do think these are two really good teams. I think they're more evenly matched than their records show. Um, you know, if New Trier can can their defense can get off the field and they've been playing pretty well lately, I think it'll be a tight one and and maybe New Trier pulls it out. So we'll say um, we're going to get some scoring here. So uh, we'll say twenty seven twenty four. I think the last time I was on the podcast, we talked about proving it. And I think that was with Nutrier in Highland Park. And then Nutrier beat um, Yorkville. Uh, but then they lost that game to Prospect. And then they lost to Barrington. And I know that they can compete in these games. But I want to see if they're able to actually win these games, um, whether they learn from that lesson. So until they do that, I'm not really going to buy in. Um, so I'm going to go Maine South wins this 132 uh, to 21. I think that Maine South is at a different level right now. I'm curious to know about what the quarterback situation is for Nutri, even if he comes back, you know, how healthy is he to run the offense and that kind of stuff. So I, I just think that Maine South is going to control that matchup more and uh, pull away and win that matchup to uh, start the conference season. But it'll be really interesting to see what happens here. Five, make sure you're keeping up with the record North Shore for all the updates for the games this upcoming weekend. Um, all right, before we say goodbye, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast wherever they're available. Make sure you check us out. We always appreciate your support. Check out my stuff at FridayNightDrive.com. I'll have, uh, I've got an updated CCLESCC notebook. There's some fun teams this year in the mega conference who are kind of making a name for themselves other than Loyola Mount Carmel and some fun stories as well. So check out all our work at FridayNightDrive.com. And as always, make sure you subscribe and read and donate to the record. North Georgia's got you covered for everything going on in the area, not only in sports, but also in arts, uh, the lakefront, city government, all that stuff. He's got you covered. So make sure you subscribe and support the record Shore.org. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure you enjoy this upcoming weekend. Enjoy the fall. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.